Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. And uh, I just want to give a shout out to my team too. They are awesome. They have done such a good job in such a short time. So now... I know you guys have been enjoying the service so far, but even though it's a kid's service, I hope you still came expecting for God to speak to you. So, kids, good job. When you're ready, come back and sit down. Don't want you guys to miss out. So, why don't we pray first? And if kids, if you're ready, make sure you close your eyes, bow your heads. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into our hearts and our minds right now. Help us to not be distracted by others around us. Help us to focus only on you and what you want to say to us. And everybody said, Amen. All right, kids, come and find your seat. Now, I know you kids can hear me. You're still finding your seats, but just so you know, After I finish speaking, there is a special treat for everyone at the end, okay? And if you're paying attention, and there is a little riddle, and there will be a clue throughout my sermon, okay? So make sure you're paying attention. And at the end, there may be a special treat for you if you can answer the correct answer for my riddle. Okay, kids? Okay, now parents, if you catch on to it, you're not allowed to tell the kids. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So if you're taking notes, the title of my sermon is The Answer to Everything You Need is in His Presence. So the nativity story is a perfect example of worship to our God. If you'd like to look it up for yourself, you'll find it in two places in the Bible, the second book of Matthew and the second book of Luke. Now, I'm not just talking about, you know, us coming together, meeting in church, when we sing our praises and we worship God, or gathering in our homes at Christmas time with our families to celebrate the birth of Jesus and remember our Lord and our Saviour, which is such a wonderful thing in itself. But what I'm talking about is the demonstration of great worship and thanksgiving that was shown by a few chosen people who are in this story. What do I mean? Well, let's have a look in the scriptures. So first, there are the angels. Luke chapter 2 verse 13 says, Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. What a lavish and honoring show of worship to their God. For a baby being born, yes, he was not just an ordinary baby. He was a divine and holy baby and was the one who would one day save all of humanity. But he hadn't saved anyone yet. 
who was just a little baby. But the angels understood who he was. Can you imagine the excitement and the talk going on between them in the months leading up to when Jesus was born? Then on the night of his birth, the celebration, the gathering and coming together to sing, to praise and give thanks to God, the honouring worship and the declaration to people on earth, a declaration of peace to those whose God's favour is upon. That's us. But then we go to the shepherds. After the angels left them, they were so excited. In verse 16, it says, so they hurried to the village. Hang on. They hurried for a baby? There would have been many babies born that night. But this is not just any baby. This holy baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger, was the sign that the angels was talking about. And it was just the beginning. They were excited of the great news that the Saviour had been born, that they were waiting for, that he was the Messiah, the Lord. And they were excited because the angel had said to them that the good news would cause great joy. And not just for them, but for all people. They were just so excited. Verse 17 says, When they had seen the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger, they spread the word about who this baby was and the good news he would bring and become. They didn't just keep it to themselves. They didn't just go back home, minding their own businesses, back to their jobs, their chores, or their schooling. They rejoiced. They hung around. They stayed in town and they told everyone about Jesus, um, who they came across. And verse 20 says, Then the shepherds returned to all their flocks, not quietly or in secret, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, which was exactly what had been told. I love that. I love the celebrations that they celebrations weren't over when they left. They left, they went back home, and then the celebrations were still going on. And they're still going on 2,000 years later, more. I love what another version says in the Message Bible. It says, The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God. How awesome is that? They let loose. When was the last time we let loose for God? I want that kind of passion, don't you? And, you know, not just in certain times of the year or, you know, once a week. I want that every day. Come on, doesn't God deserve our daily worship, our daily praises, and our daily thanksgiving? All right, now let's look at the wise men. Uh, in Matthew chapter 2, in the NIV version, verses 1 and verse 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is this one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So who are these wise men, or Magi? 
They were not Jews. They did not belong to the law of God's chosen people. Well, let's start with what they're called in this text for context, Magi. If you look up the meaning of Magi, it says, the member of a priestly castle in in ancient Persia, or a sorcerer. So they were most likely into things like astrology, the movement of stars and planets, reading and interpreting signs, and understanding prophecies from many different religions. So what made them search out and travel far to specifically worship a baby believed to be this Messiah? It wasn't just because they saw a new star in the sky. Firstly, wise men. Well, that says it all. Don't you think? We see the name wise men in other texts like the NLT version. A much better fitting name, don't you think? Because they were very unlikely characters that you would have thought to have been to visit and honour our God, right? Well, it was God that had given them their wisdom in this story. As we see in verse 7 and 8, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time of the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And then we skip to verse 12. And having been warned in a dream, as they were dream interpreters, not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The wise men had followed a bright star that they believed was a divine sign. And they had known about a prophecy that was spoken back in the days of Moses. And we can find it written in Numbers 24 verse 17. And it speaks of a star rising out of Jacob and being a herald of hope. The wise men would have connected the dots from the prophecy to the star that they saw appear in the sky. And followed it from east all the way to Bethlehem. The wise men, an unlikely group of people, had put their hope and faith in God with all their wisdom on hand, risking their lives to go be in the presence of and to honour and worship this divine baby called Jesus, the true Saviour King. And then we see in verse 11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. See, the wise men had seen an unusual star in the sky, connected the dots, no puns intended, prepared their hearts and prepared their worship, gifts, and offerings, and were ready for something to change their lives. Is your heart prepared and ready for God to change your life? just like the wise men. There's two things I notice about this story. Number one, God is for everyone, even, with, even for those who have sketchy jobs like the wise men. So don't think that you can't change your life or your circumstances in your life or those people who are in your life who you don't agree with, that you can't talk to them about Jesus. The Holy Spirit is willing, and he will make the way for you. Are you open to allowing him to change your heart? Are you prepared and ready to receive what he has for you? And like Pastor Krista said last week, 
Are you available for God to move in your life? And then number two, God's sovereignty. See, God, it was all part of God's plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to prosper you and to not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. See, we are all part of God's plan. So trust in his plans for your life. Trust that he knows what is good for you and not what you think is good for you. I know I have to remind myself of that every day. But once you get into a good habit of doing it, it becomes much easier and you begin to thirst for even more. So how can we be ready and prepared? How can we recognize God in our lives? How can we get that wisdom that the wise men had? Let's look at Luke chapter 2, 25 to 32. Now, this was part of the Jewish law where Joseph and Mary had to take Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem to be dedicated and to offer up sacrifices to the Lord. So from 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you 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 may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the sight of all nations and a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of all your people, Israel. Wow, Whew, what a great passage. There's so many good things of worship in this passage to point out. See, Simeon's heart was prepared and ready. He was ready to step out when the time was right. Simeon had a deep relationship with God. He was always being led by God's voice. He trusted God that he would fulfill his promises. And he praised God for his goodness and his mercy. And we also see Simeon blessed those around him. He spoke words of knowledge for the future. He was always with God, always in his presence, waiting on him in his presence. Heart ready and prepared for a word, a sign, or the prompting of the Spirit to move. Now, if I could get the band to start to come up, please. See, Simeon's worship was a deep and constant relationship with God. What does your worship look like today? What will it look like tomorrow? Are you searching for his presence in your everyday life? I just want to encourage you right now, Spend some time in his presence. Get to know who your God is, how he thinks, what his voice sounds like, who you are in him, and how he really feels about you. Slow down your devotion time. Quiet your mind. Make room for him to speak. Don't you do all the speaking. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. Good, bad, older, younger, rich, poor. God is for everyone. And the nativity story is a great example of that. 
And like Matt said in his communion message, if you missed it, God doesn't love you because you're good. He loves you because he's good. So journal your time in his presence, reflecting on him and his wonderful creation. Or journal your time spent searching for him. King David wrote in Psalm 69, verse 16, Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant and answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. The Bible is not just all about good times and the righteous. It's also about the disobedient and the struggles of life. So be real with God, for He is our living God and loving Heavenly Father. Get desperate to be in His presence because His presence is where we have rest, restoration, peace, justice, redemption, conviction, freedom, and so much more. So whatever it is that you are searching for, it is found in His presence. Thank you. I am Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.